Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Thoughts, where I wrestle with controversial yet important questions and explain why I don't think the answers are so black and white. I also provide my own perspective on these topics based on in-depth research and reasoning and open the floor to any counterpoints people may provide. Now, the topic of universal healthcare is quite controversial, yet so complicated that many people, including myself for majority of my life, avoid talking about it due to a lack of knowledge on the subject. But I also think that most people are aware of the importance of the issue, which leads to a weird situation where many individuals strongly support or strongly oppose legislation on universal healthcare without really understanding the ramifications. So today, I'll address the question head-on. Is universal healthcare a good idea? Let's start with the basics of how health insurance works. Because nobody can see the future, nobody can predict when they're going to get sick, or when they're going to need surgery, or when they're going to need an ambulance. But those things all cost a lot of money, so to avoid going into debt for unexpected medical complications, many people will often get health insurance, which will cover most or all of the medical bills. How do these insurance companies make sure they can afford that? Well, they charge clients a monthly fee called a premium. What if people choose stupidly expensive treatment that they don't really need? Won't that just drain the funds of the health insurance companies? Well, there are a couple ways to prevent this, most of them involving the client sharing some sort of cost of their medical bill. Um, First, insurance companies can set something called a deductible, which is the amount of money a person has to pay out of pocket for their own medical expenses before insurance kicks in. For example, if I have a deductible of $2,000 and I get a surgery that costs $10,000, I'm going to pay $2,000 of that and my insurance will cover the rest. Another way to prevent overspending is charging something called coinsurance, which makes people pay for a percentage of their medical expenses out of pocket. Let's say my coinsurance is 20%. That means I pay 20% of the medical care I receive, and the insurance company covers the other 80%. Finally, if you've ever been to the doctor, you've probably heard of the term copayment. A copayment is a small fixed amount that you pay every time you receive care, maybe 20 or $30 every time you visit the doctor. All in all, having health insurance is a good thing. Uh, that's a, it's a very good thing, actually, and that's not really controversial. If you ask anyone on either end of this political spectrum, uh, they will tell you that health insurance is a good thing. Now, because health insurance is a good thing, many companies offer private health insurance to their employees to compete for workers. For people who are unemployed, the government tries to insure those living in poverty through a program called Medicaid, and to those who are elderly and retired through a program called Medicare. But there are still people who don't have health insurance. According to the US Census Bureau, 10.8% of Americans are not covered by health insurance, a rate that has been slowly rising since 2016. The Kaiser Family Foundation found that 61.3 of the uninsured live above the poverty level, but below four times the poverty level. Basically, someone who is living off of minimum wage is much more likely to be uninsured because they earn above what is needed to be eligible for Medicaid, but still not enough to afford private insurance. Again, nobody thinks that health insurance is a bad thing. That's not the debate here. The debate is whether it's the government's or society's responsibility to make sure that everyone can get health insurance. Uh, 
and this hot topic is known as universal healthcare. The term universal healthcare simply refers to any healthcare system in which all citizens are covered by health insurance. I think some people believe that universal healthcare requires the government to provide that health insurance, but that's not necessarily true. That insurance could come from the government, from private insurance companies, from employers, or a combination of all three. As long as everyone has some form of health insurance, that's still universal healthcare. Now, both sides of this debate have good reasons for supporting or opposing universal health care, but one point that kind of rubs me the wrong way is when people say that they oppose universal health care just because it's socialism. And allow me to explain why that reason doesn't make sense to me. First, according to a survey conducted by The Hill, one in five voters don't even know what socialism is. According to Merriam-Webster, socialism is defined as, and I quote, any of various economic and political theories advocating collective or governmental ownership and administration of the means of production and distribution of goods. And that very long and wordy definition essentially means that it's socialism is any system in which people contribute uh, for the collective good and not for their own individual benefit. Uh, some people look at this definition and say that universal health care is therefore socialism because the government takes control of a portion of our income in the form of taxes and uses it to fund health care for everyone. And if you look at it that way, then yes, universal health care is definitely socialist. But then so is everything else that's funded by tax dollars. Law enforcement would be socialist because it's funded by taxpayers. Public transportation, which is also funded in part by tax dollars, would also be socialist. Even the military would be socialist because it's funded with taxes. The term socialism is such a loaded word that some people have come to believe that socialism is always bad. But give me an example of any successful society in all of history where nobody contributes to the collective in any way, shape, or form. Of course, socialism is not always good either. There's also no successful society of the opposite extreme. And I feel like this is a general principle that can apply to other things as well. Things that are on the extreme ends of a spectrum are usually not successful, and in any society, there has to be balance. Now, I know it sounds like I'm just dissing on conservatives, which is really not what I'm trying to do here. There are very good reasons why some conservatives oppose universal health care, some of which I'll bring up later in this episode. I just don't think that socialism is one of them, and using it as your only argument against universal healthcare kind of takes away from your credibility rather than affirms it. But for anyone who's still not convinced, let's take a look at other largely capitalist countries and see where they stand on universal healthcare. According to data from the Fraser Institute's, oh my goodness, bear with me, 2020 annual report on the economic freedom of the world. There are five countries considered more capitalist than the United States, and those are Hong Kong, Singapore, New Zealand, Switzerland, and Australia. And according to the New York Department of Health, all five of these countries implement universal health care. In fact, an article in The Economist stated that the United States was the only rich developed country without universal health coverage. So America seems to be the outlier here, but maybe our current system is working just fine. After all, if we're going to reform the healthcare system in America, we first need to be absolutely sure that it's necessary. And to do that, we need to take a closer look at our healthcare system. Let's start with the cost of healthcare. That's probably a good place to begin. According to data compiled by the CDC, the cost of healthcare has been steadily rising ever since the 1960s. 
Accounting for inflation, a person in 2018 would pay on average 15% more for healthcare per year than someone in 2010. In addition, according to the Express Scripts Prescription Price Index, the price of branded drugs have increased by over 60% since 2014. Granted, generic drug prices have dropped 37% over that same time interval, but data from IQVIA found that overall drug spending was still increasing because more people were purchasing branded drugs than generic ones. That's important because prescription drugs make up around 16.7% of all personal healthcare services, according to the Department of Health and Human Services. Okay, so healthcare prices are going up. What about the number of people who have health insurance? According to the U.S. Census, the Affordable Care Act saw the rate of uninsured citizens drop from 17.7% in 2010 to just 10% in 2016. That's a pretty darn significant change. But since 2016, that rate has been steadily climbing again, and by 2019, it was at 10.8%. That doesn't sound like a lot, but that 0.8% increase represents 2.3 million people. So. It seems like we should push for universal health care, right? Everyone, after all, can agree that health insurance is a good thing. Right now, medical costs are rising, making the need for health insurance more than ever. Universal health care also seems to work for other countries, so why wouldn't it work in the United States? Well, it all comes down to cost. According to data from the Kaiser Family Foundation, national health spending has been outpacing the growth of the U.S. economy. In 1970, healthcare made up around 6.9% of the GDP, but by 2019, that number was up to 17.7%. Further data from Kaiser reveals that the average person in the United States spends around twice as much per year on healthcare than the average person in countries similar to the US. A study conducted by the Commonwealth Fund found that 33% of US adults went without recommended care did not see a doctor when sick, or failed to fill a prescription because of costs. Compare that with the 7% of citizens in the UK and Germany, and the 8% of citizens in the Netherlands and Sweden who experienced affordability problems. So what is it about the US that makes people spend so much more on healthcare? When compared to similar countries, OECD health statistics reveal that the US spends 58% more on prescription drugs and medical goods nearly 2.5 times as much on inpatient and outpatient care, and over 4.0 times as much on administrative costs, and that's adjusted for population. Another reason why healthcare is more expensive in the United States is because of the high cost of physicians. A report by Medscape gathered data from the US, Germany, the UK, France, Spain, Brazil, and Mexico, and found that the average physician in the United States was paid the most out of all the countries, and twice as much as the country in second place, Germany. The reality is that the cost of providing health insurance to everyone in the United States would be much, much higher than in other countries, and that's something we have to take into account. The higher the cost of healthcare, the more necessary it is that everyone have health insurance, but the higher the cost of healthcare, the more impossibly expensive that task becomes. But, but maybe there's some hope. Maybe we spend so much on healthcare here in America because we have better hospitals and doctors. Perhaps we can justify the higher cost of universal healthcare if we can prove that our healthcare system produces better health outcomes. Unfortunately, that's not the case. 
by using the health-related sustainable development goals established by the United Nations in 2015, an analysis published in The Lancet found that the U.S. ranked 28th in terms of quality of healthcare worldwide, putting it below many developed countries. This becomes more evident when we compare the United States to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, also known as the OECD, which comprises of 36 high-income countries. Specifically, let's look at 10 of the countries that have universal health care, which includes Switzerland, Norway, France, Australia, Sweden, Canada, New Zealand, the Netherlands, the UK, and Germany. According to OECD health statistics, the US spends the highest percentage of its GDP on healthcare out of those 10 countries and double the average of all 36 OECD countries. The same source also found that the United States had the lowest life expectancy, the highest suicide rate, the highest chronic disease burden, the highest rate of obesity, the least practicing physicians per 1,000 population, and the second highest rate of hospitalizations from preventable causes. And finally, according to data compiled by the European Observatory on Health Systems and Policies, the United States also has the highest avoidable death rate. So basically, we spend more money than almost any other wealthy country on healthcare, yet in many cases, we get far worse outcomes. Now, most problems can be solved by making minor changes to the system, a few tweaks here and there. But there are select few problems that run so deep and are so convoluted that they require an entirely new system. Is the healthcare issue in America one of those few problems? In my opinion, the answer is an overwhelming and resounding yes. But as you've probably already realized, our problem is really complicated. We need to get people health insurance and also reduce health spending, but it doesn't seem like there's any solution that accomplishes both goals. And that's where the political divide usually forms. On one hand, you have liberals who want to ensure that all citizens can afford to get the health care they need. And on the other hand, you have conservatives who are very conscious of the fact that spending more money has been ineffective at improving the healthcare system thus far. So is universal healthcare the answer? Liberals say yes, conservatives say no. Both are reasonable answers. So this seems like an impossible situation to resolve. I mean, ever since the 1940s, people have been trying to figure out how to fix the healthcare system, and yet here we are today still wrestling with it. So is there a solution? Or is this a lost cause? And that's what we'll explore in part two, which is scheduled to release next Wednesday. Originally, these two parts were going to be combined into one, but a couple of people who evaluated this episode beforehand said that they became overwhelmed by the sheer amount of information. This topic is extremely complicated and there's dozens of different things to consider when talking about it, so rather than squish a bunch of information into one 20 minute episode, I'll divide it into two. In part two, we'll be looking at some different models of universal healthcare to see if any of them can offer a solution. We'll also look at a few factors that distinguish America from other countries that have universal healthcare and see if there's a way to work around them. That's just a glimpse into Wednesday's episode. In the meantime, feel free to send me your thoughts, feedback, or counterpoints via Instagram DM or send me an email at firesidethoughtspodcast at gmail.com and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. You can also request my source document this way. I'm going to make a follow-up episode encompassing both parts of this topic after I release part two, and I'll discuss the best responses I've received from both parts. And with that, 
Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you all in the next one. Goodbye.